forever. Dog. Well, we did it, everyone. Good job. Ish. Hi, it's me, Ben Blacker, the creator and host of the Writers Panel. Thanks so much for listening this year, these past 11 years, 12 years. I can't even keep track anymore. Um, And thanks to everyone who appeared on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I met so many great new folks this year, as well as returning folks, good friends who are near to us uh, that you will hear on today's podcast, um, which is as good a wrap-up as 2022 as we could have done. Um, There was a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about going into 2023, and we get into a lot of it. Um, I don't know. Is it a time to be optimistic? Probably not. I think more than anything, it's a time to put our head down and work. I know it is for me. Um, I'm trying some new stuff, both in writing different media, the same media, and also in uh, some other capacities. You can read about that and more at my newsletter, benblacker.substack.com. I'm really enjoying doing that. Uh, I started it back in, I want to say, October, uh, September, October, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, I've loved meeting so many of you through doing the newsletter. Uh, and, And honestly, if you're a listener to this podcast, I think you're going to enjoy it. Paid subscribers, which listen, the newsletter's free. You want to sign up? I love that. I'm thrilled. Please comment. That's always fun for me. Um, but paid subscribers, which is uh, a special group, uh, get to be part of a monthly, if not more, a monthly Q&A with professional writers. Um, and they've been really cool. You know, we've had a couple where we've had like six people and the writer, uh, Robert Cargill, and Ryan Condal, who was uh, who was the creator of the Game of Thrones spinoff, House of the Dragons. Um, we had a bigger group for Jane Espenson uh, just in December. Uh, and it was all great. Everybody got to ask a question. Everybody got to talk with Jane. Um, I hope you'll join us. Our January guest is Akela Cooper, who is awesome. Uh, Akela is so smart about writing, about craft, about the business, too. Uh, So she's going to have lots of great stuff to offer. She will be hot on the heels of her new movie, Megan, M3 again, um, which looks amazing and bananas, just like her previous movie, Malignant. Um, But but Akela has been in TV and she's doing a lot of horror films now. Uh, She's got her hand in everything and she's going to be a great guest. So join us um, in early January for that. Become a paid subscriber over at benblacker.substack.com to join us for that. I hope you will. In the meantime, happy holidays. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you in 2023. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in tonight, or whenever the time is right. It's the Writer's Panel with Ben Blacker. And it's starting now. Oh, yeah! Let's do it, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. It is our end of the year wrap-up. Correct. That's that's about the response I expect from 2022. Uh, I'm going to go around and ask you all to introduce yourselves on the microphones. Tell the folks where they may have seen your name on their television um, in the past year or in the past few years. And Carlos, our old friend, returning from last year. Hi. Um, Full name or just first name, last name? You can give as much information as you want. (laughs) That's Carlos Folia. The G is silent. It's (laughs) F-O-G-L-I-A. 
Um, you may have seen me on such. No. Um, Wolfpack coming out in a month on Paramount Plus, not the Teen Wolf Teen Wolf spinoff, um, and uh, the uh, the ill-fated Dan Brown's The Lost Symbol. Um, that I'm still angry about. We also about. we talked about Eon Flux last year. Yes, Eon Flux. That is that is uh, yeah. on the burner, working working its way up. So, yeah. um, but yeah, a bunch right. of other stuff in the works. We'll catch up on some of the stuff we talked about last yeah. year as well. New to our end of the year wrap up, Ooh. Gina. I'm Gina Ippolito. The G is not silent. <laughs> uh, I I was recently working on the Unicorn on CBS. Before that, the Murphy Brown uh, revival, not reboot. Ooh. Uh, and, you know, a bunch of other comedy stuff before that. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here. <laughs> Hi, y'all. Uh, here again from last year. Uh, Going to pay some price for that, I feel, shortly. <laughs> uh, Jay Holtham, uh, most recently on The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, before that, TV Supergirl and a bunch of other comic booky shows that you have seen. Great. And Maybe. we also talked about uh, some comics that you did. Yes, yep. Like and you had just gotten back into it last yeah, year. And yeah. a bunch of those came out this year. I That's think. right, they did, yeah. Yep. Back Congrats. into comics. And Mickey, hello, a friend to the podcast. Mm. Friend of the podcast, long-time friend, long-time blister, first-time <laughs> guest, third-time guest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that didn't work at all. Uh, Mickey Fisher, I am the uh, creator of a show called Extant and a show called Reverie. also worked on a couple shows, The Strain, Mars, uh, Jack Ryan, and uh, and yeah, and a member of Pizza Club with <laughs> Ben Blacker. That's true. We uh, I feel like we have a lot of off microphone writers panels. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we cover the industry too. We should start months. having a microphone. Just, yeah, even a fake one. <laughs> and welcome back, Angela Kang. Hi, I'm Angela <laughs> Kang. Um, I just finished up the uh, run of The Walking Dead, um, and I'm working on some new stuff. So. Which you can talk about a little bit, right? Like at least Silk has been announced. Yeah, so I'm currently uh, developing an, a TV adaptation of Silk, which is a, a Korean-American Spider-Woman, and that's a Sony and Amazon production. It'll play on Amazon, so um, it's it's a lot of fun. Cool. So that's what I'm doing now. That's really great. Glad to hear it. Um, thank you all for coming back. I have a bone to pick with some of you. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Damn. Oh, no. What do we do? <laughs> I, I don't know. What so, do you do, Carlos? It's, it's, it's Mickey. It's Mickey. <laughs> so last year, um, when we spoke, and we spoke over Zoom, mm -hmm. uh, which was great, and also it is so nice to see you all in person again. Um, but last year when we spoke, I started our conversation talking about, like, it was a tough, 2021 was tough. And creatively, it was difficult. It was hard to get momentum. Um, and by the end of the conversation, I was feeling pretty good. You all had turned me around. I had optimism oh for 2022. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, I, I would love to start by talking about some of the things that have plagued the industry this year that have made it difficult for all of us, whether you were on a show, running a show, developing a show, like... Carlos, we're going to start with you. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because you left our conversation. You were developing, I think, three projects. Yeah. Uh, if not more. Five. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was crazy a, It number. was a lot. Yeah. And you had been working on a couple shows, but mm -hmm. you were getting a break. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like you were deep into development and f feeling really positive in a way I think a lot of us were not feeling about development mm. in the years previous. Yeah. Uh, and like you had directors attached, you had talent attached, I want to say. Mm -hmm. Like these were 
these seemed like sure things. Yeah. And tell us about your past couple weeks. Boy. <laughs> After you got back from your honeymoon, which honeymoon. congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, uh, spent three weeks in Europe. It was amazing. And I paid the price like the week that I got back. <laughs> when, um, in, <laughs> to answer your question of what's plagued, um, in the span of 30 minutes last Thursday or Wednesday, yeah. um, whenever this airs, um, three of my projects died. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, um, and were they all, they were all with different Yeah, one was set up with places, some, right? one was with I mean, I, I, I don't know NDA-ish of it all, but like sure. one was like with probably one of the top 5 grossing yeah. directors in the history of film. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. e- easily um a, with a huge actor attached. We had written the pilot, the, this famous director cut the shit out of a sizzle, which I think some people have seen. Yeah, I, I don't think um, that's really and cool. uh and the, the irony was they they were like, "Guys, you don't even need to pitch this. <laughs> we're going to go in there with the script, the sizzle, the attachments, and it's going to hotcakes. And we're like, are you sure you don't want us to pitch? No need. <laughs> and we're like, great. We're in good hands, Allstate. And um, <laughs> and uh, two months later, we got the phone call, and it was like uh, the, the, the director's team no longer wants to go further with uh, trying to sell uh, the project to buyers. And my first response was, maybe if we had fucking pitched it. That might might have been a difference, but they got cocky and we paid the price, um, and that that was unfortunate. And then, twenty minutes later, um, oh my god! Oh my like I'm sitting there and I'm like, hey, this happens. And then like the phone rings and it's it's, it's my agent. He goes, listen, um, this other show that you were a part of in in a certain way um, is going away. And also, this other show that you know uh, you oh you've been god. working on for the last year is also going away. And um, and I just. Uh, yeah, that was, it was like, it, it was tough. It, 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 I think it might have been the toughest, you know, six mm-hmm. hours of, of, of my entire professional career. Um, but again, perspective, I did get married a month ago. <laughs> um, Argentina won the World Cup. Today. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm still wearing the jersey. Like, so, th- you know, it, it sucked and it was it was brutal and I, I, hit, I hit the floor. But luckily I have, you know, I still have Soderbergh and that, that's still a thing and that's mm-hmm. still happening. I'm really excited about that. Um, I say that, and once the series will probably have been canceled. Right. Um, but but this is the thing, right? Yeah. Like these these projects felt like the closest you get to sure things yeah. in this business. Yeah. And the fact that you could lose all three in a matter of an hour mm-hmm. is sort of the state of things right yeah. now. I mean, I think mm-hmm. about like Angela, you have this deal at Amazon now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're developing stuff. Do you look at like HBO? cutting their development slate and then cutting shows that are existing on the platform and do you worry about just getting anything done uh yeah i mean (laughs) this is is the state of the whole industry you know like i I, even uh, going from my amazon deal uh, from my excuse me i can't even talk right now from the amc deal to the amazon deal i had a bunch of pieces of development and like just stuff shifts like I had stuff evaporate on me too like it just and you go like oh my god this is happening and then it just like poof goes up into thin air or just circumstances change and it just feels like we're in this moment where everybody's realizing like the financial model of streaming is maybe more limited than the model (laughs) where there were like foreign sales and syndication and dvds and you know various Mm -hmm. kinds of distribution and ads and subscriptions and it doesn't 
it doesn't like work the same way now. And so I think everybody's like realizing like, well, what does that mean for all these pieces of development? So it's a wild, wild time right now. So what does it mean for us in taking things out? Let's let's talk about development first um, in in this new year and the next couple of years. And and Gina, you and I have talked about this a little bit this Mm -hmm. past year. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would direct people to your Twitter while Twitter is still around, so like another week. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still on there. Oh no. That's true. We're gonna do a Twitter Twitter check. <laughs> um, but you had a great thread about you know what it means to be a middle class writer right now, mm-hmm. and how that applies to staffing. But does it apply to? And we'll talk about that. But does it apply to development also? Like you're not a brand name writer mm-hmm. for what that's even worth anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But what does it mean to be someone who's like, I've made TV, I know how to make TV, I'm giving you a good idea, mm-hmm. or I'm pitching on this IP. What is the process like these days? Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have two things in development. Both are adult animated series. Uh, one is, is you know, a horror fantasy, and the other is sort of a comic book, D&D, very much up my alley. You know how I roll. But, uh, <laughs> but it's, I started in animation, I started on the reboot of the Powerpuff Girls and regular show. And then I haven't worked in animation in years, but in the past couple years, that's the only stuff that they've been, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that they think that they can sell, you know, especially during the pandemic. That's, that's, that was the only thing that they were like, well, we better load up on animation because who knows when this is going. And in terms of live action stuff, I've had more generals in the past two years than I ever did in my, in my, previous career I have a spreadsheet and it got to the point where I was like well this is unwieldy this is so many names on here and they all you know went great hour-long generals and then at the end they said well we're not staffing and we're not buying but this was great like let's keep in touch and and it was across the board and so the this the stuff that I was going out for was primarily to sell uh, animated shows or to develop animated shows and live action was just a graveyard <laughs> and they weren't interested in hearing pitches they weren't interested in in buying and I do think it's unless you're a sure thing unless this is your 10th show that you've sold they they don't want to hear from someone who is unproven at, at mm-hmm. developing shows yeah so, and, and even yeah. then um, I want to ask sort of a practical question. I'll, I'll ask this of all of you. I mean, I think these general meetings are a good idea. When they're not staffing, when they're not buying, mm-hmm. does a general meeting? It, it feels like it may as not. It may as well not have existed a month later, right? Mm-hmm. Have have those paid off for any of you in the past? Y- yes. Yeah. That's good. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I am over at Amazon, and um, uh, two of the people that I work with directly are execs that I met on Generals. Oh, that's great. So John Wax was my second ever meeting as a TV writer, you know, TV writer wannabe in Hollywood. And then um, Amy Sa, who's my direct exec on Silk, she's just somebody I had a general with, like, several years ago. Amy's great. Oh, Amy's great. great. So great. it's like, I feel like they don't necessarily pay off like right away. Yeah. But sometimes if people like like you and remember you, it helps you like at some point way, yeah. way later. Because yeah. this is, I mean, these are two people I've never worked with but have known for years. Yeah. I do think, I mean, I went on probably 
150 this year. Like, <laughs> like, like Gina, though, I too, I because I, I, I hadn't done that since I broke in, like in 2013. And all the notes and things that I'd had and people move around and stuff. And so I kept notes on that first round back in 2013, 2014, but I didn't keep them for nine years. And even if I had, everybody moved. And so like the beginning of this year, it was kind of like a rebuilding year. Yeah. You know, if I was a major league team, I was like, this is a rebuilding <laughs> year. So I went to my reps. I was like, I just want to go on a ton of generals and I want to like get into more feature conversations. And so they did. They just started setting them up. And I did what Gina did where I just kept notes on every single meeting, everything that they told me that they were looking for, things that were, you know, like things they had in development or things that they were potentially um, staffing or piece by P or even areas they're interested in you know, arrival, everybody's looking for their arrival, right? And so I would just write those things down. And so I think a lot of it is just like, is really doing that meticulous homework too. And then when I'm coming up with my own stuff and things too, like now I know who to go back and target. And I've done that a couple of times and it has paid off smart. this yeah. year. So. Smart. Yeah. I did, I did wonder, like, I mean, I think the question behind the question was like, with people, move, with execs moving around so much and like, we know this is a business of relationships. Um, and with execs moving around so much and, and kind of not knowing who their bosses are anymore, mm -hmm. do those relationships that we've, you know, fostered for a decade matter anymore? And it seems like they do. And I'm glad to hear that. Um, Jay, how has your 2022 been? Because <laughs> you were you were on a show. So I was you were on a show. Sort of finishing that up. I was on a show for most of the year. Uh, I was on Handmaid's. Uh, we were in, I was in the room or in prep until like April. Uh, and then after that, it's, it was my first sort of bite at the development apple yeah. of this summer. I took out an original pitch. Uh, I took out a pitch that was based on an IP on a, on a comic book. Uh, I pitched on a sort of open writing assignment uh, as well. And it was it was freaking illuminating. You know, I had a lot of generals, too. It was the first time in a while that I was kind of going back out there and meeting people and seeing things. And, like, my experience of it really was that like unless you had exactly the thing mm -hmm. that they were looking for unless you had exactly the background or exactly the idea that they were looking for it, it didn't matter yeah. it was it was all a general you know it was yeah. all like they they the mandate seemed so tight and also so bizarre like it was i met with like i met with abc studios and 20th century fox or 20th century, sorry, right. 20th century, and I think someone else in that same family, and like they're all looking for the same thing, and they're all looking to go to the same places, yeah. mm -hmm. and it's like no one's selling outside of their own sort of little home uh, at this point, and it was very, that part was, it was just maddening to like try to keep track of, but it did feel like there was a lot of continuity with the like execs that I met, they remembered me, they remembered other people, like people that I'd met ages ago, came back around, um, but you know, ultimately, the neither of the pitches that I took out went. Uh, I did get the OWA, so I'm working on that, which is wow, nice. Congratulations. Um, that's super fun and exciting so far. And then uh, there's some other stuff that's sort of percolating for next year, but it was also interesting that I didn't have a job. Yeah. Mm. For a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought about trying to staff, and I mean, okay, this is going to sound, I, this is, this is going to sound terrible, and I'm sorry. I'll allow it. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, I'll be honest. When I joined Handmaid's Tale, I was aware of it. And, like, yeah. it existed. It, it did not – it was not on my radar mm -hmm. in a way. And coming off of it, it's like, oh, that's prestige TV. <laughs> and my reps definitely were like, oh, you are in a different – 
like zip code now. And I think that that was one of the other reasons that I didn't go out on a lot of staffing is that they were very much like, one, you're doing development and we don't want to like cut that crane off because obviously that's gravy for managers and agents. Right, I right. love my managers and agents, but that's their gravy. Of course. Uh, but it was also that like we don't want you to like basically take a step back yeah. in terms of credit. So, yeah. So, I think that's really interesting. And it was something I was thinking about uh, for today. Like, does that, there's so much TV, right? Mm -hmm. Does that stuff matter anymore? And it sounds like it does, mm -hmm. which yeah. I think is really mm -hmm. interesting. You know, what are the conversations coming off of Walking Dead, which was a juggernaut, right? And well-respected, uh, both for ratings and critically, like, what are the opportunities coming out of that? But also, what are the challenges coming off of that show? I think, um, I think the opportunities, um, I, I'll speak for myself, but mm -hmm. then, you know, I had a lot of high-level uh, people that worked on the show, and some of them have gone back into staffing. Some of them are developing. Some of them, frankly, were just like, I need a break because... The great thing for us is that we were continuously yeah. employed for like two and a half years, but so continuously that everyone was burnt out. <laughs> sure. So, um, so everybody's kind of picked a path. I mean, the plus is like it's it was a big show. Yeah. Like everybody knew what the show was, um, regardless of whether they liked it or not. You don't have to and explain. It, and like, also, it was on yeah. this network. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was like they knew exactly what it was, but it's also like. There's a lot of skills that went into producing that show, and it was a show where yeah. you truly, like, old school... It was like the cross of old school and new school, yeah. which is, like, you were on cable, but it was also, like, you had to go to set and mm -hmm. do your thing and mm -hmm. give notes on your edit, like, all of that stuff that, like, nowadays, like, you really yeah. only kind of get in network TV, mm -hmm. yeah. but a lot of those shows, like, just don't really, like hit the zeitgeist in any kind of way, except for, you know, a handful of things on network too. So I guess like the opportunity is just like in, for me, like since I ran a show like that, that's so complex, it does make it like, oh, well you've run a show that's complex, so you could probably run another show that's mm -hmm. complex. Um, and I think there definitely is a thing right now where there's a lot of cautiousness and it's a mix of sometimes people have given chances to show run to people who really, like they had never right. been on a staff they before, right? Mm -hmm. Like not mm -hmm. ready at all. <laughs> and then um, I think the backlash to that has been like, oh, well, unless you've already run a show mm -hmm. successfully, then you can't run a show. But then yeah. it's like, what about all those people that are like right there and have mm -hmm. like a decade of experience and are like yeah. ready to go? But it, I feel like it's sort of the pendulum has swung to like real worry yeah. about like, well, these people were inexperienced and they messed things up. So now it's like we're painting everyone with this kind of broad, the same mm -hmm. swath. It's like it's it's not only like the person who's like never, ever, 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 ever done <laughs> anything. It's also including like people who are like co-EPs. Right. The number twos who are ready to run the show. number twos that are ready to run the show. So I, that, that's, that's what I feel like I see a little bit yeah. is going on. So there's opportunity, but then there's also like a lot of just, I think people are running into a wall mm -hmm. at a certain yeah. point. So I don't know. That's I interesting to yeah. hear that like that 
I remember having these conversations on the podcast like five, six years ago when Netflix was sort of handing out shows. Mm, yeah. Uh, and it was a lot of <laughs> folks who had never been in a room before yeah. and let alone, you know, been the CEO of a multi-million dollar company. Um, and a lot of seasoned writers were saying like, when these shows were going bad saying like, what do you expect? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't know how to do it. And to see that like, there's now a overcorrection for it is kind of troubling. Yeah. That's kind of what it seems. And you, uh, you know, I don't know that that's across the board, but yeah. I just, I feel like I hear more conversations of like, yeah, it'd be. We'd rather have somebody who's run a show before, but that's yeah. a small class, Absolutely. relatively, mm -hmm. and getting small to everyone. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and I think that's that's probably worth talking about yeah. too. Um, this notion that like, and we talked about this last year, and we've talked about it over the past couple of years, that like the way things are set up right now means that low level writers don't have an opportunity to learn how to create a show. Nope. They know yeah. how to, they can learn how to be in a room, mm -hmm. but they don't mm -hmm. learn production. They don't learn post-production. You know, all of these things that are involved in actually making television, which is killing a pipeline. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to talk about this? You have come up in yeah. the system. You've been lucky I, enough I, I to work be one of the on last the ones to come I was going to say. Um, and and the, the, the amount of experience that I, I, I learned from, you know, three or four of the shows that I was on set or, you know, in the edit or just, I mean, I spent, the whole summer in Canada last year, two years ago at this point, um, and it was just you, you can't you can't you can't tweet that experience. You can't you, you, you can't read that off of a uh, off of a you know a yeah. spreadsheet. It's just it's 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 invaluable, and I I, I think part of it is because there's such there's so much volume and they're trying to push it out so fast that it's 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 hard and they want to cut corners. And you know I, I worked on a show where I was hired on the on the premise of my experience on set. Um, and it turned out nobody ended up going to set. Mm -hmm. And believe me, I was, I was, I was, I was a little annoyed, um, because you know, an extra four to six weeks on set, mm -hmm. pay some bills, you Absolutely. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it was, it was frustrating. It was frustrating. And I think the decision was, um, was budgetary mm -hmm. and it, it's a, it, it's a bummer because it, if, if I'm, if I'm now not going to set with my experience, you know, and, we had a, we had a staff writer. We had an ESE. We had a bunch of people. And and seven years ago, when I was coming up uh, in the ranks, like my showrunner as a showrunner's assistant took me to Canada. Wow. Mm. Took me to Canada, yeah, and, awesome. I, and I was able that's to shadow gone. him. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I I can't even imagine that. Yeah, yeah, like that does, doesn't like even the showrunner's not going to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And and he took me every time. Yeah. So I went up like that's four amazing. or five times, and that e even that experience, you know, seven years ago, set me up for success. Mm -hmm for the subsequent shows sure. um, and you don't get that anymore. So I think it's, uh, and I think that's why shows are failing. I think mm -hmm. shows are failing mm -hmm. because um, they're not being produced the right way. Yeah. And cool. the, you know, the, the, and there, there are these steps that you make. There are these steps from the room to the production to post yeah. and you have to be involved in all of them. Um, or if you're not, whoever's involved in all of them has to be um, good enough, seasoned enough to do it. And I think they're, they're terrified about it and that's why they only want, the nine people that you know have done right. it to do it so mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah but it's also like a system they've created right? yeah. yeah that's yeah. Right. you know like i mean you're talking about the cost cutting like to me it's it's so much about you built this you dismantled a machine that worked mm -hmm. you dismantled <laughs> the network and cable tv model that worked yeah to re replace it with the streaming model of shorter runs mm -hmm. longer gaps between runs getting all the scripts written having mm -hmm. all the scripts pr produced 
because it's cheaper for you. Yeah. There's less changes. But now, like in every meeting I had, it was all the execs I met with were freak. Were like the the thing that made me exciting was like I could be like, oh yeah, on Supergirl I went to set mm -hmm. because now it's not it's like lower level writers are if you're on a long running show. If you're lucky enough to be on a show that runs for a couple of years and you move up, you can move up to producer, supervising producer, all these without ever having been to set, mm -hmm. which 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 is insane. I, I don't understand. Yeah. The, the word is producer. Like, <laughs> like like you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's shocking to me. Like yeah. it's, I don't I don't get it. And yeah, and <laughs> they clearly and you're right. You I learned how to write. I really learned how to make television on set. No question. And like they're not learning how, and those shows are languishing in development. I think it, I think the exec class is yeah. all aware that this is the problem, mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. I don't think they know. Like, how do we fix it right. other than rebuilding network television? That's tomorrow's <laughs> problem, <laughs> Jay. This is what they're they doing. Are. Now. Yeah, yeah, it's literally just yeah. replicating network yeah. television yeah. little by little. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're, we're Amazon has it already with yeah. Freevee, but like mm -hmm. Netflix and and yep. HBO and some of these other outlets are going to ad supported models. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I mean that. I'm fine with that if it means they're buying more stuff. And but but cheaper. Yeah, they're they're trying to do it cheaper. They're like, sure. what why don't we start doing what we were doing ten years ago? Yeah. But at a quarter of the cost. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, it's going to end well, is what I'm saying. And the thing I heard, I, I recommend uh, the Ringer uh, podcast um, recently talked about this, I think just in last week's mm. episode. And the thing that they pointed out, which I hadn't even thought of, is like they are also now getting consumers twice because you're paying for mm -hmm. Amazon. Yes. But you're also watching ads. Yes. And that feels mm -hmm. gross. That is completely <laughs> gross. Uh, yeah. But I'll say also like one of my favorite shows of this year was on a freebie show. And I watched it with ads, and like it's fine. I'm watching television again. Mm -hmm. can, can you um? Can you? Do you have the option to watch freebie without ads, or it's absolutely with ads? It's with ads. If yeah. you, the, like if you have Amazon Prime, it doesn't bypass. No, no I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's bananas. Yeah. So you you <laughs> have to watch on streaming with ads. As far as I can it. tell, yeah, yeah. Oh. I don't think I had an option. But I guess freebie. But that's also basic cable. Was that? You yeah. Know, yeah. yeah. You pay uh -huh. for a cable package, and then you also yeah. watch ads. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's you know? a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I, Someone you know tell the I mean? ringer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because if you think about it, I mean, like as consumers, right? As like fans first of material. Mm -hmm. It's great to when Netflix in its heyday, you pay nine ninety nine and you get everything ever created in the history of film and TV. Right. But that's a wild proposition if you think yes. about it. Yeah. yeah, sure. Like because if that's these, like a sci-fi future it's, idea, it's, right? it's the Spotify of TV. It's exactly. Spotify, but that's yeah. why musicians now they make their money off of touring and yep. merch, right? Yeah. yeah. Like Wait, is that what we're gonna do? <laughs> oh, I'll go on tour. Here's the thing, it's like for TV film, there's not really. I mean, like right. I get there's not the same experience. Yeah making that no, exists yeah. mm -hmm. i mean disney does it to an extent right <laughs> like true. disney has the most like diversified streams right. of things because they're like oh we'll make this movie and now it's in the theme park right. so right. you go to the theme park yeah. but mm -hmm. the average tv show like what it, what is the equivalent it doesn't exist mm. and so it's just like this model that doesn't work for our industry yeah. at all now yeah. first of all i would absolutely go to the atlanta theme park yeah. <laughs> 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 find another stream right. that i'm in <laughs> Um, but you're absolutely right. But not the Handmaid's Tale theme park. Oh, God. That will be a point. Yeah. Actually, I would go to the Seven. Yeah, I kind of would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just the hallway. You just keep going back and forth. It's not bad. Were you going to add 
Oh, no, I, well, I was just interesting because I, I think, too, the way that, like, thinking about how much we are um, being advertised to all day long anyway, especially, like, younger generations who are, like, watching YouTube that are, you know, like, I have younger... Wait, no, you think younger generations are on YouTube? Yeah, that's... <laughs> no. I'm telling you they are. I've seen they it in my sure house. Are. I've seen it, like, yeah, with teenagers stuff, too. But, but they're constantly, like, watching YouTube. And I find myself watching a lot more YouTube these days. And, you know, it's, it's like, the 30-second opener, and then there's ads and things, too. And so I think that, like, just in general, all just being conditioned to, like, accept it. And so I think by the time that, like, Netflix and all these streaming services are rolling that out like it's going to seem less I mean it's going to seem a lot more familiar than I think we think it is you know mm -hmm. so yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. My, t my 10 year old does not mind ads at all no, no. they just kind of zone out and then they mm -hmm. get through it yeah they play something they else while they're waiting <laughs> <laughs> I've never minded ads I watch a, a shocking amount of advertising on cable television because mm -hmm. uh, that's like my chill out thing is to throw on FXX or mm -hmm. Bones on BBC <laughs> and let it play for hours while I monkey around on my phone and just hang out and like I watch a lot of commercials but I was reading today uh, there's this uh, newsletter The Ankler mm -hmm. um, that's pretty good and they had a whole like breakdown on still how much money one cable advertising is losing these networks mm. and two how little money like free ad supported streaming television is bringing in it's mm -hmm. they're still at a at a massive loss. And I feel like that's the most, that to me has been the most destabilizing thing about mm -hmm. the business this year is that like, I mean, the you know, the long-term joke is, you know, nobody knows anything, but really nobody has any idea what they're doing, yeah. how mm -hmm. long it's going to last, how to fix the problems. Oh. And like, mm -hmm. we moved into the space, mm -hmm. like, I still feel like the year turned when Batgirl when the Batgirl yeah. thing yeah. happened. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because wild. that was like a thing none of us thought could Let's, happen. We should, we should uh, sum that up for folks who don't Oh, know. yeah. The uh, Warner Brothers made a whole Batgirl movie. <laughs> a whole movie. Wrote it, filmed it, edited it, put in special effects, and then decided it was better to take the tax break on a loss than release the movie and canned it. And like that, I feel like sent shockwaves for everyone because then it was like, "What's, yeah. what are we doing here?" Yeah, even if we've made a thing, even it's yeah. no longer. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, they were seeing that with Minx, right, in the past right. month, yeah. where they were ten days from done with shooting the second season. Yeah, and I mean, they canceled, HBO said they're not putting wow. it out. They canceled Nazim Padrat, like they canceled that show, mm -hmm. Chad. The day the second season was supposed to premiere. Oh my yeah. goodness! I was just like everything wow. that like HBO, Warner Brothers, all those people have been doing this year is just like I think that's the thing that sent like the most shockwaves, even among execs. Execs were like, I don't know if I'm gonna have a job. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it which been... which I think was not the case ten years ago. Yeah. I mean, I think w there was this nobody knows anything mentality, but at this point, it's we can't even predict. Like this is. We're in a simulation. This makes yeah. no sense. Um, someone else jump in because I forget what I was going to say. When I was <laughs> asked on this podcast, I was promised we were all going to fix these problems. We we're, were getting gonna, to it. We, we have to lay gonna, them we out. We're going to be a brain trust <laughs> to fix the industry. So, well, here's my question. <laughs> what do you think is I'm that doing here? <laughs> that was an <laughs> error. Ben, ben assembled. Yeah, this <laughs> is. Asking me to figure all. These are the Avengers. I, this is, I mean, it's a little Great Lakes Avengers, but it's still yeah, the Avengers. Thinking more janky Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Voltron without a leg. Voltron's bad back. But I, I think like the question is: Are these problems even fixable? Like we've mm. already, we've always known that th this 
that television is a creative industry, yeah. which is, of course, an oxymoron, but it is mm. a business, right? It is feels like more of a business than it's ever been. Mm. And, and I think part of that is, like I mentioned earlier, like the execs that we know, that we've known for a decade, don't know who their bosses are. And so they don't know how to talk to their bosses and tell their bosses, like, I believe in this thing. And if they say, if they put their, their neck on the line and say, I believe in this project, they're disposable. Like, mm -hmm. they can't do that anymore uh, because they don't have the relationships that they've had right. in, in past years. Mm -hmm. So, like, is there a fixing? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's fixable or not. I mean, I think the... the for me, like the Batgirl moment, that was like a long, dark night of the soul because it's just like... I get it. No, hold on. Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> not intended. But I feel like that moment of realizing like it's it's so incredibly difficult. You're already doing like the impossible moonshot of just getting something sold, mm -hmm. just getting it made. And then all these hundreds of people, some of the most talented artists and craftspeople in the world have put their heart and souls into it and they've yeah. made this thing and then it gets shelved and then nobody may ever see it like that to me because it was so like oh i never imagined that was a possible outcome of it and it really almost sort of made me double down on this other thing i've been feeling which is that because there are so many things out there these days you know hundreds and hundreds of shows yep. and movies and mm -hmm. things it's harder and harder to break through the noise harder and harder to catch that zeitgeist that really like the only thing that you have control of as a writer as an artist is like is finding the things that other things that creatively fulfill you and things that mm -hmm. keep you going mm -hmm. and things that you have some measure of control of because i feel like that is the only sort of like lifeline for a just sanity and all, mm -hmm. you know, which is also like your creative line. like you know like with uh, the comics and the mm -hmm. podcasts and things that you're writing with jay and the, and i think all that like thrilling adventure hour, your you know your live show. I think that any time that you, as a writer, as an artist, that you can find some other outlet that is like something that can aid bring you joy, and it may mm -hmm. not make you a ton of money. It may be like this sort of you know long tail thing of it that people mm -hmm. were talking about ten years ago. Um, but that to me is like the, a survival mechanism that we mm -hmm. just may need to develop. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah, yeah, it absolutely. shuts off the anxiety button in your brain for a little while. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, I do think it it feels like a career in writing, in TV, in movies. It feels like it used to be winning the lottery. Like if you get staffed, if you sell something, you won the lottery. And now it feels like you're winning the lottery to enter another lottery and if you win that lottery they enter you into a third lottery like it's <laughs> yeah. it's so yes. it seems so impossible yeah yeah. To to do anything these yeah. days to get and any momentum exactly to get any uh, leg up yeah. Yeah, yeah. and the other thing about the Batgirl thing like obviously movies were shelved in the past right. like no one's ever going to see the days the the day the clown cried <laughs> but they were shelved but for good reason exactly, they were shelved because they were bad like if it honestly if if Zaslav had come out David Zaslav chair of H, of W Warner Brothers came out and said listen guys. This right. Batgirl movie was just no good. <laughs> I just, it was, I watched it. It's terrible. It's unwatchable. We can't release this because it's bad. They were like, we can't release it because it's maybe not going to make us enough money. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is like, that's even more, that's even more mm -hmm. that thing of like, okay, then I got to put my artistic heart into something else or find some other mm -hmm. outlet for that because yeah all of this is even more than ever just work for hire that is not gonna belong to me and I've gotta I've gotta like separate that or find like make sure I'm finding personal meaning in mm -hmm. like sure. existence in some other way because otherwise you're gonna yeah. lose your freaking mind and there's also no 
real explanation why any of this is happening. Like it's not it's not like Zaslav said, here's the math, here's why we're canceling things, pulling things, doing this. I've seen some chatter on Twitter about like, oh, they pulled these because they don't want to pay residuals but for animated shows that doesn't really right. make any sense because right. they're not getting residuals well, anyway part of it is that that ad model is they're going to put this somewhere else where yeah. they can put ads on it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but carlos you're gonna say no i was, I was gonna say on on the heels of what mickey was saying I, I, i'm curious if it's and i hate to use the word content <laughs> because that's all it is no we, we make it's art content. not content you make art um, <laughs> to, to talk about the previous the, the old model which you know I, I feel like if this is even before my time you know there were 25 new shows every year <laughs> and out of those 25 there were 100 pilots that were shot and like you just shot those 100 you picked 25 you aired those and then you gambled and then you did it every year right that mm-hmm. that, that was tv right. Um, and now I think that the model made 25, not 25 shows, they're doing 100 a year, and they're shooting 1,000. Mm. And, and you know, for the first three or four or five years, hello, welcome, Netflix, you're greenlit. Like, that that was great, because they were trying to hit the darts and trying to hit the darts. But it, it, I don't think, it isn't sustainable, I, I, not with the money that's coming in. Mm-hmm. If it was 25 new Netflix shows per year, period, then maybe it would be sustainable. But, you know, when you have 15 different services doing 100 shows each, mm-hmm. like Netflix is releasing like two new shows a week still. Yeah. yeah. Still. Yeah. yeah. Like try keeping up yeah. with, with their what's new. I'm like, what is this show? <laughs> yeah. like, I got a call for a show that, I, that, that, that a meeting on for season two. I didn't even know it existed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. Which oh, is not is, unusual. This is a show, and it star, <laughs> stars like a, a pretty famous actor. And I was like, mm-hmm, how, how did mm-hmm. I miss this? Because it's impossible it's to impossible. keep up. Yeah. And so that, that to me, I see as, as the difference um, in the old the olden mm-hmm. days um, and, and now. And I think they're trying to revert back. And yes. I think there is a calling. And there is going to be a calling. And there's mm-hmm. going to be a whittling down. Um, maybe it won't be just 25 maybe but maybe it'll be just 50 mm-hmm. um, per right. year per per uh, per stream but that's something. that means fewer buyers yes for us mm-hmm. so so what does that mean for those of you who have had these development meetings this year or even general meetings where you're hearing about mandates mandates in these past couple of years have seemed so confusing to the executives <laughs> mm-hmm. I talked to mm-hmm. um, you know, Mickey, you mentioned that everyone's looking for a rival. Yeah. Um, I heard like, that over well, and over. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that it, it feels like is like we heard we want Stranger Things, right, for mm-hmm. a long time. And we Four want quadrants. Game of Thrones. Like, yeah, you mm-hmm. want to hit. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> we I all understand do, right? that. Yeah. It's like saying you want to go viral. It's like, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are weird, singular shows that you trusted the creators to make. And mm-hmm. they try. They tried to make, uh, you know, not, not knockoffs because yeah, right. I respect everyone, but like. Yeah. You know, there was that show that. But actually, you can't follow. You can't follow, but like, was it Paper Girls? Yeah, yeah. like yeah. that was. You could see the meeting. Which should have been we, great. We need a Stranger Things. Yeah, been great. I was very excited and about it. Yeah. Right, it's for. a great comic. Mm-hmm. It should have been a yeah. great show. You know, it's like things like that. They keep trying, and then they realize you can't just do a new Stranger Things. But are you know? they realizing that? That's what I wonder. Or are they saying like, we still want our Ted Lasso. We still want our Game of Thrones. Um, mm-hmm. What have you all heard from those of you who have had these meetings? <laughs> I think the silence indicates that no one knows what's going on. Yeah. This is my impression. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it doesn't even feel like there's a single or sh- I think they all want to hit, yeah. right. but like every sort of network yeah. has its own definition of what that means and mm-hmm. what they're looking for. Like that's the other thing. I think the I think they're as fractured as everyone oh, else, yeah. you know. So it isn't like okay, everyone's looking at least on the TV end. Everyone's mm-hmm. looking for Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. Like there are buzzwords you can throw in that they're all like, "Ooh, that's a that's a buzzword," yeah. but it really just feels like they don't they don't know 
Mm-hmm. You know, they're all just like everyone is just sort of throwing spaghetti at the wall. Here's yeah. some here's some phrases I've heard. Grounded, F- familiar but different. Mm-hmm. You know, or like which is our, as it's always been. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Our our world, but one thing different. You yeah. know, something mm-hmm. like that. Or it's like I've heard those kind of things, and and I think we've all heard probably like the undeniable, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like thing too. And I, I think that there are. Uh, and every pod has their own their mandate at the studio, you know, like the studio they're with and things like that too. And I think that it does seem like it's pretty up in the air, and it's almost like a we'll know when we see it kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like even, and also thinking in terms of like when you're pitching, you're pitching original things, pitching things based on IP, taking stuff out with a a mega box office director. Yeah. Because there are no guarantees for any of it no. right no. now, right? And even like, and even mm-hmm. if it gets made, like the thing, even like. The thing that's made on the massive IP, it may get made and not find the audience. And so I feel like it is, some of it's just like alchemy, right? You're just trying to like, you have, you kind of at the end of the day have to go back to following the thing that you're passionate about, the thing that you can see a path for, the thing that you love. And, um, and like Jay was saying, like you develop it and you pitch it and you hope that it's the exact thing that that person is looking right. for at that time. And there's almost no mm-hmm. way to like predict that. No. Not no. All. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting to me is that is that a lot of places do want IP. And then if you look at sort of the past year with Severance and White Lotus and yeah. things like that, a lot of the stuff that ends up hitting the zeitgeist isn't IP based, but it's also impossible to be put in charge of IP if you're a no name like mm-hmm. I, like I love Amazon I love the boys I love Invincible you you know me I'm like a huge comics nerd I would love to even be hired on one of those uh but you know it's it's it feels impossible because anyone you talk to about IP already knows who they're going to put in charge of that IP so there's not it's not like oh I have a shot at getting this it's no 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 we knew 5 years ago who we wanted mm-hmm. to head up this this project so they, it's impossible to get an original sold because everyone thinks they want IP, but it's impossible to <laughs> get to be put in charge of any IP. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, we've talked in the past couple of years too, as long as we're on the subject about like, has the IP bubble burst? Um, will, will these buyers start coming back around to original stuff because there's kind of no difference in the end result these days right like yeah. nothing's a sure thing nobody no. like maybe you get some eyes initially but mm-hmm. and maybe that's worth it i don't know um what have you all heard what has the success rate been like with original stuff i mean i would say personally it's still about 80 percent of all the meetings i've taken have been on ips yeah, yeah. um mm-hmm. it's overwhelming i think for me like it's, it's and maybe it's not like Superman, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Avengers level IP, like, you know, that everybody knows, but it's, it's obscure IP that they still are like, oh, it sold, you know, 4,000 copies. So this book might be a big hit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've half of them I've never even heard of. I have to do my research. Yeah. I have to go, what uh-huh. is this book? <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're IP. And, and so, and I think the word IP still alleviates maybe just a modicum of concern from the people that are paying for this. Yeah. And they're like, well, it has a proven track record yeah. over here in this yeah. world. Um, Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Or it has a hook that we can advertise. It's also like life yeah. rights. Yeah. So there's a lot of real true stories, a lot of magazine articles. All of those things are exactly what they're bringing to us. Yeah. You know, when yeah. when we have those meetings, where you you know you, you you pitch your like your elevator pitch of your your original. They're like, oh, that sounds really great. But you know, we have this book uh-huh. that we already bought. <laughs> yeah. It's also yep. they, like they bought. Everything. They've already spent money yeah. on that. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's like it's gotta it's gotta get turned over somehow and they like they'll keep trying until until they do. And like 
those original things, and there's a ton of them, but those are, yeah, they're coming from usually with, there's a heavyweight somewhere involved, mm -hmm. or like, or it's a network, you know, like Apple, where it's kind of a lost leader, and they're like, again, we're just doing everything yeah. we want, because yeah. we've got... Forty billion dollars, and but they're also doing a lot of original. Which yeah, is really, mm -hmm. it's really mm -hmm. cool to see. But also, how do you get in there? Yeah, right. how do you talk to those people? Because <laughs> who knows what they want? Yeah. and it's so funny. The attachments thing is hilarious because I was watching this again. Another one of these shows that I had no idea existed, <laughs> but it was parallel to a project that I'm working on. It's a so I watched the pilot called Kindred. Oh and yeah, and yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm, I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, small little indie show, great. And it's like. EP Darren Aronofsky and I was like, holy <laughs> shit! Yeah. You know what I mean? And yet I'd never even heard of it. Yep. Like, what? 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 Yep. So <laughs> FX is wild because like they're dropping a new show like every yeah. month. Bananas. Yeah. Just, just like here's yeah. yep. We here's a whole other thing that we made. That's just yeah. That's just at a high pace though. I really like. It. But they also the in like. this past year went through a whole thing where they gutted half of their execs yeah. mm -hmm. and restructured yeah. stuff and like. It's such a, the ground is so slippery, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think, Mickey, you're absolutely right. It's about being in the right place at the right time with the right person. Um, and I think we've talked about this a little bit this, this past year, uh, again, off of microphones. But, yeah, like, you get one shot very often. I was know? thinking about our conversation uh, earlier with we, our, our mutual friend, Heath Corson, and, and we were talking about a lot of this, and, and I feel like the days of... Um, you know, like the Stranger Things guys, you know, like they took that all over town, you know, the famously, you know, rejected everywhere, and they found, you know, one person, 21 laps, who loved it and championed it, and then it got to Netflix and became this huge hit, and I feel like as, you know, a writer, I think my mindset prior to this year was, like, having that one thing and really sticking with it and trying to, you know, find it, and in that conversation, he, I remember Heath saying, you, you gotta stick and move, and that mm -hmm. kept in my brain, and I was like, yeah, I was just kind of like, you, like, you can't, like for me personally, like trying to hold on to one project and really like push it over the line was difficult. But, but like if something came up in a general that sounded remotely interesting, mm -hmm. I would chase it down yeah. and then try to go out for yeah. that job and then like see it through because it felt like the more to mix another sports metaphor, like the more shots on goal, mm -hmm. like the more chance you have or something Absolutely. to break through. And mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like I that stick and move thing has been like I should get it on a tattoo. I'm, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's been like my mindset all year long. Just keep pushing and keep trying and keep yeah. pitching and coming up with new stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, and frequently when we're when we're pitching on, you know, whether it's an open writing assignment or p pitching on IP, you can only take it to the people who own mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. yep. We have one shot to kind of get this off the ground. Um, or, like, there are certain things you can only bring to certain networks, yep. you know? Mm -hmm. Like, nobody's doing teens except for Disney right now. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about what, 2023 might hold and i think the big story <laughs> <laughs> great everyone everyone he's a great side well, we're, 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 we're gonna have an intermission right here i want everyone to go take a break <laughs> maybe have a drink we're gonna have an intermission about four months too <laughs> so this is what we're talking about yeah. carlos do you want to lead us into this conversation no, <laughs> no I, 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 I absolutely do not want to even fathom it. Um, well, I'm going to bring it up. Uh, so we're staring down the barrel of a probable strike. Uh, at, at I'm going to say probable. I'm going to fight, okay. dial fight. that up All to right. probable yeah. uh, for several reasons, which I'm sure I'll talk about later in the podcast when we have uh, people who are smarter than me, uh, smarter than I am on. Uh, who know the ins and outs of this, but but from my perspective, as you know, a dum dum who talks to writers, uh, what I'm seeing is like 
so few of us are working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do we have to lose? Like mm-hmm. that feels like the bottom line. Mm-hmm. We only have to gain from a strike and the gains to be made are huge, right? They're about streaming residuals. They're about, you know, the span and, and mm-hmm. you know, getting ourselves covered and getting these lower level writers opportunities to participate in production and bringing up the next generation of showrunners. Um, however, <laughs> A strike is a strike. Yeah. And this is the kind of thing, this is the kind of strike that would be different from past years. Um, Because we're not dealing with, you know, say what you will about the former studio heads. These were still people who wanted to make product. Mm -hmm. They still wanted to make movies and television. And now we're dealing with, you know, tech people and huge conglomerate corporations Mm -hmm. who this is just another part of their balance sheet as we've seen from hbo right what is our plan Mm -hmm. what are your individual plans for Mm -hmm. the coming months uh what are you hearing out there in meetings with other writers with executives Mm -hmm. and you know how do we get through this I plan to curl up into a fetal ball. (laughs) Starting (laughs) this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I'm already prepping. Uh, Yeah, I, you know, this is, I've been starting to hear in meetings things along the lines of, well, we would want to get this out in advance of a strike. As I mentioned earlier, I have two animated shows in various stages of development, and my most recent meetings on these projects, they said, we want to pitch it in January so that it's out there before a probable strike. So I think people are savvier now than the last time that we had a strike. If they were a little savvier, they would have started this last summer. Yeah. That, that's true. That's true. But I, I do think that they have access to yes. a lot more of, you know, these conversations are being had on social media and in so, Podcasts. so yeah. Mm. <laughs> what? So I think that they're going in sort of, more prepared i have friends who are producers in reality tv who said that they've been Mm. prepping that you know like they did last time so i think they're everyone else is planning is also saying that this is a probable strike so uh, yeah i have i have no plans except for sheer panic (laughs) (laughs) um angela i think about you know you as a producer and a person who currently has a show Do you have to think about this as like a deadline? Are you being pushed to bring stuff out in the next couple months? I think every, here's what I'll say. Like my case is a little different because this project has already been Mm -hmm. through development for a minute. And like at least what everybody says is it's going to be made no matter what. And probably no matter what, we're not going to have everything done before a strike necessarily. So um, they're definitely, it's funny, like at first nobody said like we're thinking about the strike, but I'm like, I've, <laughs> I've been a showrunner and a number two and a, you know, like a WGA captain on my staff for years. Like I know that every three years there's this cycle <laughs> and all of a sudden there's just like a little more like pep about deadlines like and so it doesn't have to be said but like people have started talking about it a little bit more openly now and I just here's what I'll say like from everywhere I've talked to because I'm still connected to projects at AMC as well as like my current place I'm working with producers I've talked to my reps I've talked to like my business manager everybody's convinced there's going to be a strike like up and down and across the board and so 
yeah, like there's a little pressure. There's some pressure on like a project that I'm going to take out to market mm -hmm. um, about like when we're going to get that done and when it's going to when it, it's the January thing. I think every project yeah. that's we're in development going is, is going out in January. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. And um, but it's a real it, it, it's it's a weird time. And so like I hear lots of rumors about like, well, some of these outlets that do more international work. That's not WGA yeah. covered, so they're just gonna like, you know, have people mm -hmm. in another country, like in Europe or what, they'll buy more of that content mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. coming from mm -hmm. abroad, yeah. like they'll lean on animation yeah. and reality and, which is not even reality, like that's yeah. <laughs> so very <laughs> written and produced. Yeah. But yeah. it's not WGA. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, going back to your point about like the studio heads from traditional studios, it's just, it's different yeah. now. And some of these outlets don't have the same time pressures or so Absolutely. they don't think mm -hmm. you know like it's just uh it's all a giant question mark i yeah. think mm -hmm. but everybody is saying that it's going to happen <laughs> which <Yes>. is wild <laughs> so. oh yeah it's just a matter of how long mm -hmm. right yeah. mm -hmm. like that's that's what it feels like to me and i'm gonna say eight months Wow. Uh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. Until <laughs> early 24. Ooh. Wow. Sorry, Carlos. Oh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. No, you just got married. <laughs> I, I got a pool. Um, <laughs> Mickey, you've, you've been roped into a new uh, project. Yeah. Um, I know they had to drag you into it. Oh, yeah, I fought <laughs> it the whole way. Right? <laughs> but, but, like, this was a project that came to you kind of late in the year. And I wonder, like, were you all having these same conversations about, like, we got to get this out so we can get it to market? I mean, I've heard a little bit of that. Uh, I've, I've just heard a couple like on the peripheral you know kind of remarks about there needing to be like you know there's that ticking clock but it's already in um but it's i've I, I got a job supervising a broadcast pilot and so well, i, I think that that already, yeah, so that gives cool. you a schedule too there's already That's a ticking good. clock on it yeah, yeah because it's broadcast right and so like there's already that going on with it and i think um yeah it'll be interesting to see because i remember the last time so when i sold reverie was the last time this was coming up with, uh, you know, with the big contract and, and the potential strike. And it was literally like the night of whatever was, you know, Monday night that the deal was, um, that the deal was made. I was like, I could like, I sold this show and I'm getting ready to go to the upfront. So maybe like, I don't know if it's actually going to happen. Like, you know, oh now it might God. not go. And if it, and if we do strike and the sh uh, then the show may go away totally because, right. you know, it's a chance for them to clear the decks and things get, you know, uh, so I was really worried about it and so I feel like you know the writer and, and I'll be going through this with them too is just like if that's the same feeling you know for all these people who you sold your pilot you got it made you go through the gauntlet you get picked up and now it's like okay well now because all that happens around the same time you know mm -hmm. at the end of May it's like uh, it's pretty tough and so but I think that like for me and, and I also think like for the writer you almost can't have that in your head you just have to like focus on the creative work yeah. and just yeah. like keep going until mm -hmm. it pencils down mm -hmm. and just you know like run the clock out and do your best work because because um, again there's I mean yes we'll have a vote on it and there will be like control but it does feel like a foregone conclusion at this yeah. point so, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and, 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 and probably like necessary yes, you know like sure. as, I, as I said like as much as I'm sort of resigned to it um, we need it. We we need we need the gains that we stand to make. Yeah, from, for from sure. I don't know. It's I don't know how it's like our careers are sustainable yes. if it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. right. it feels existential. Yeah, we um to speak on. Uh, I do have a show at HBO, and um and so talk about seeing the fire from behind yeah. the hallway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And seeing a fire at the end of the hallway, yeah. and you're like, 
Which way do which which, <laughs> which yeah. do we have to like try to it's 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 a yeah. it's a tightrope act and and we are we are rushing, but we're also it's politics right we're tr- we're trying to be quiet <laughs> and like not see them raise our hand but like we're also trying to get it going yeah. you know so that things are in motion before a possible strike and mm-hmm. it's it's tedious as fuck and and it's terrifying because every time we have a change. You know the the studios reaching out to, to HBO to be like, so we're thinking about doing this. Please don't, please don't shit can us. Please don't. Fu- so it's it's terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but all we can do is stay true to the, our vision and to the show that we want to tell, um, and hopefully we can get something solidified and go the full series order before mm-hmm. um, at least have that to. Mm-hmm. It's like living in a pond with an alligator where you're just like, you're like I'm trying, like, yeah, I don't want to make too much, too many ripples over here because an alligator might be this is, this is, believe it or not, a great segue to the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is um, something I talked about in my uh, newsletter last week. Uh, subscribe at benblacker.substack.com. Um, which is like the thing to look forward to. And I think the practical advice to be taken from all of these conversations is to take a big swing is to write the thing that you want to see on television. Um, And I talked about like the big horror movies this year of the top 10, only three of them were franchise movies. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of them was the scream sort of reboot, which was so good that it may as well have been an original. (laughs) Um, But like, a movie like X, which had an alligator in the water, and um, uh, uh, Barbarian and yeah. Nope, and like, listen, Nope is a kind of franchise too, but that was still a risky movie mm-hmm. for, for Jordan Peele to make. Mm-hmm. Um, they're rewarded with audience, and mm-hmm. like, I, and that's what led me to look at the top action movies, yeah, yeah. which nine of them were franchise movies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we understand that. But it, one of them- like Top Gun and then everything else? <laughs> it was, you know, Marvel and Top Gun and, mm-hmm. and uh, whatever. Um, but number 10 was Everything Everywhere All at Once, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, which is considered under the action genre. And like that snuck in and Northman was number 12. Uh, and I forget what number 11 was, but it was another original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like in film, th- these risks are being taken and being rewarded uh, in large part. And, and these are theatrical features too. Like these aren't top grossing because they were on streamers. Um, I mean, I didn't, I haven't been to a movie in years, but still (laughs) the point remains. And I think TV is just behind that. I think, you know, like we're going to see the same thing. I hope in the next five years where, whether it's IP driven or not, if someone is taking a big swing on something, yeah. it's going to get the eyes because I think we've kind of seen that in the past anyway. Yeah. You know, like that's been the big success stories of the past few years. I mean, of all TV, really. Yeah. Um, are all of you writing something that you are excited to write? Are you creatively satisfied going into 2023? Yes. That's great. That's my, that's my, yeah. <laughs> that's all I want to hear. Yep. Yeah, I, you know, the, the, I've written more mm-hmm. samples in the past two years than I had, I think, in every year prior. Part of that was sheer panic, but part of it was just, well, if I'm not staffed and I'm just writing samples and developing, then I have the time to do this. Mm-hmm. And, 
you but know? you were also taking risks, as I recall. Like, did you write your write your first hour long, like, not strictly comedy sample? Yeah, yeah, and my first sort of half hour streaming dramedy yeah. sample. Yeah, and I and I, you know, my career has been eclectic. Like, I started in sort of the digital comedy space, and then went to animation, and then kids multi live action, and then Adult Network multi, yeah. and then Adult Network single. And yeah, I mean, you know me, I, the, most of the stuff that I watch is comic book stuff, you know, dark comedies. So I thought, why am I not writing these? Yeah. So that was that was sort of what I did. And that's surprisingly what's gotten me the most generals was my, my yeah. sort of hour long. But it's not surprising. Like, I get yeah. it. It's a thing that you felt compelled to write. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jay, we talked last year about you doing a similar thing where yeah. like you, the stuff you were excited to tackle was new stuff that was more personal, that was the story you were dying to tell. Were yep. you able to do that this year? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. I did, I mean, in between all the development stuff, I did work on like a lot of stuff that was very personal and really exciting. And the other thing that was exciting for me, it's funny we mentioned Severance, um, because, you know, I, I still, and I don't even remember if I talked about this last time, um, or whatever, it's a story that I tell all the time, but like <laughs> the industry story is that, right. you know, Dan Erickson, who wrote the pilot, wrote that as a sample. It was submitted to Ben Stiller for something completely different, for yeah. staffing, and he read it and said, but why don't we make this? Mm -hmm. And ah. then I read the, the pilot of yeah. Severance, and it's very, very good, and it has a voice. It is so wildly different mm -hmm. oh, really? than what aired yep. yeah. that it was actually a, like a, a little bit of a check for myself to be like, not so much that I don't need to like, I was spending so much time outlining and solving all the problems and having all the answers. And then reading that, I was like, he didn't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. He had a story that he thought was really compelling. Yeah. He had some compelling characters and wrote the thing. And I was like, mm -hmm. I just need to do more of that of yeah. just mm -hmm. just write the thing and stop spending all this time trying to like yes. press down all the corners so that's yeah. been the spirit that i've been sort of taken into it i i love know? that and i've i've felt the same way and it came from uh, barbarian which like yeah. mm. i can't stop thinking about and i've listened to every <laughs> interview with zach Kreger who said basically like you are surprised by the story turns in that because i was surprised by the story turns yeah. in that. Mm. and I, that's something i want to sort of chase in the new year Um, Mickey, are you, you know, outside of the supervising the script, are you working on stuff that you are compelled to write these days? Yeah, for sure. I mean, most of this year, because it was development and chasing down OWAs and things like that, too. And I, I had sold a pitch, like, in the late spring that was an if-come deal to a studio that we took it out in November. So it was like, and so basically, like, over from the end of October through just like last week I was pitching I think I got like 13 different pitches for four different projects but they were all two of them were original one was a feature OWA and one was that series based on a short story so my feeling was like I had to, I, coming to this point in the year I had nothing like tangible there was no spec there was no sample and that was a little disheartening and so I really like dove back in mm. to doing that and I, I mean going back to everything everywhere all at once like I was so inspired by and yeah. it sounds like Barbarian is very much along the lines too um, but the Daniels they talk about it as like maximalist art and I feel like there was such a movement for that this year like some of the other stuff I saw like 
um, Rise, Roar, Revolt. Oh, I love it. I love it. Amazing (laughs) movie. And then uh, I saw this movie called Athena that was on Netflix. And, you know, I feel like Athena, yeah, it's amazing, right? And so, like, that, I've been so inspired by that stuff. Yeah. And, and, like, used to taking the big swing that I started on a feature idea that is, like, my new maximum, just, like, go where the fun is, right? The thing that is going to, like, over the top, the big swing, that's super fun. What are the movies that I loved when I started writing that inspired me to, like, you know, at, at 2 a.m. on the subway on my way home from an eight-hour shift at the Blue Note <laughs> Jazz Club, like pulling out my journal and just like writing like crazy, you know, until until I miss my stop. Like, what's that story? And so, um, so yeah, I'm doing that and just really like following that That's down great. as far as it goes. That's awesome. Angela. Uh, I, I'm you really... Have a, you have your hand in a lot of things right now, I think. I do, but my main thing that I'm writing is Silk, and I, I really love it, and I... Um, I feel like I get to exercise some different muscles from mm-hmm. Walking Dead, and it's there's a joy to it that mm-hmm. I think is really fun. And we need more of that. It's mm-hmm. yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And um, and I feel like it's interesting because it's IP, but it's also it's the story of a young Korean American woman and. Mm-hmm what it's like to kind of bridge cultures and stuff. And so I get to write a lot of stuff that's very personal and like, you know, there's pieces of my own history and my family history that I'm kind of putting into it. But really it's just, I don't know, I'm trying to chase that same thing. Like what's fun, like yeah. follow the dopamine mm-hmm. and like yeah. go run there, you know? Cause I feel like it's just a, it's a time for fun. Yeah. <laughs> the I only, think, I think the only right. thing I know how to do is to chase what I want to watch myself. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's literally that's the, the only that's thing. That's where the best stuff <laughs> so. comes from. Uh, I want to end as we always do by asking what you are watching on television. What, what were your favorites this year? What inspired you? What excited you? I feel like there's so much good stuff. I'm still mm-hmm. catching oh, yeah. up on stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, it's, again, um, it's impossible to catch up. It's impossible yeah. to catch up. There's like 50 shows yeah. that are on my list. Uh, and then you have to watch shows for homework. Yep. And you have yeah. to watch yeah. shows yeah. so like you can yep. be part of the conversation. Yep. Um, what have been your favorites uh, this year? Uh, I'm gonna anyone who wants to jump in because I know when you are asked this in a general meeting, you immediately draw a blank. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, I mean, Severance mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, was that this year? Was that? This, I don't. Good I, lord! I don't even remember. <laughs> what is time? Um, but that still stands out. Yeah. Andor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Andor mm-hmm. was my jam. I feel like Andor year. was the big like IP driven show that I actually heard about this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and that got me to watch it, and I was surprised by how much I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, they did some unbelievably smart and difficult storytelling. Yeah. in that that was that was mm-hmm. really I was really really into that. Um, the Bear, I guess, was oh, big yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a really enjoyable. And surprising that it was big. Like, this was yeah. a hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and I, but I don't hear it mentioned in meetings. <laughs> like, no one is chasing the bear. No. Because <laughs> it feels so singular. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. We want our bear. The creatives fun- love the bear, though. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. funny is, is I feel like there was a stigma, especially when I, when I came up the first script for the story, was about restaurant and waiting tables. And my mentor was like, burn it. <laughs> nobody everybody that moves to LA has a fucking script about waiting tables Hilarious. nobody wants to read that and like I called them in the barrows and I was like hey asshole <laughs> see, you see this cost me an Emmy you see you see, you see what happened here <laughs> yeah no I, I grew up in bakeries and yeah. this has been mm-hmm. like I've been trying to tell yeah. this these stories and reps have always been like mm, I, I, I literally want to mm-hmm. one of my specs is called panaderia which is bakery in, mm-hmm. in, in Spanish <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll, we'll do a live read 
Oh, you, let's do it. Um, but only in Spanish. What else were you watching? I have to say, um, Slow Horses might be my favorite show of the I year for me personally. And that's saying a lot because there's so much great TV. But man, Gary Oldman and that cast, and I'm, I'm rooting for each and every single one of them in the cast. And he is just... I mean, he transforms for every character, mm-hmm. but this is like a whole new level because he's doing it not just for a two-hour movie. He's doing it for now on the second season of television, and um, it's it's and I, as a big London fan of London, it also brings me back there, and uh, I highly recommend it. It's just really, mm-hmm. really well done, and there there are scenes where I will stop, rewind, and listen to the dialogue mm-hmm. and be like, "How did you fucking write that? Oh, <laughs> oh my, oh." Like, yeah, <laughs> that's good. You sound not fun to watch, do not you? About, not about. Um, <laughs> but I think that is one that I'm hearing, like it's hitting a lot of end of the year lists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think people are finally noticing where the first season was kind of quietly yeah. released. Mm-hmm. Um, Angela, what are you watching? Oh my gosh. So this is going to sound so weird, but I, because I work in drama, I mostly watch comedy. Yeah, when yeah. I no, it makes sense. <laughs> um, I loved the after party oh yeah yeah chris miller who i'm working with um wrote and directed that show and so i just i i watched it because like that team was working on it and i i'm mentoring somebody who said the after party is one of my favorite shows and she wants to like use that tone for something she's writing so i was like okay so it's like it's my responsibility (laughs) to watch this show (laughs) and i fucking loved it yeah it's so good it's so so good um, I loved that. Um, I really enjoy this is like so different sort of scripted um, a black lady sketch show uh-huh. I think is incredible yeah. like in the sketch space. Um, God, I watched a ton of comedy specials. Is that right? Any any that stick out? I really loved um, Hassan Minhaj's mm-hmm. special. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm watching a show called Is It Mo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which that's I great. think is so. I started that. I really like that. I think that's really smart. Um, I watched the first episode of Andor. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm going to continue watching that. Lots of good stuff. It's there's a lot of good stuff. There's yeah. so much. There, so I'm much. sure there's also things that I watched like four months ago that I loved, and it just oh, yeah. feels like it was last year. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just telling you what I've watched like recently. Yes. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, it's funny because I feel like Jay, like, those were probably my first three, like, The Bear. And or Severance was wrong too, and I think mm-hmm. uh, the after party was on there. I, you know, it, it kind of goes part and parcel to some of the other stuff we've been talking about too. That is that it seemed to like break the mold in a yeah. way, and it was so fun and like finally using what I'd sort of hoped from the beginning for storytellers in streaming, which is like you know breaking like a, a new genre every episode. Yep. Same characters, mm-hmm. like it just had like a really cool form uh, that felt fun and fresh and new. And, the kind of thing that breaks mm-hmm. through. But I also watched a bunch of comedy specials. I would say, like, I saw the Neil Brennan special, Blocks, which I really mm-hmm. loved. Mm-hmm. That was really interesting. It's directed by Derek Delgadio, the guy who did In oh, and of Itself, mm. which was, like, one of my favorite things I saw last year. Um, Taylor Tomlinson had a great special. Yeah. Um, this year. Uh, and I watch, I've been watching a lot of movies. Like, I watched Bullet Train, which is so fun. It's just <laughs> super fun. Uh, but my, I, one of my favorite <laughs> movies here, uh, other than the three images from before, uh, was Emily the Criminal, Aubrey Plaza, mm-hmm. who's, like, having an amazing their year this year. Um, I heard it's good. I yeah. love her. It's I great. I loved it. It felt like, it, you know, when I was saying before, it was like one of those kind of movies that like I would have gone to see at 2 p.m. on a Wednesday in New York <laughs> at the art house and I would have come out like, oh, this is like I want to do exactly this. You know, so uh, yeah, so there's all there's all kinds of stuff. And I'm sure there's 50 more that I've forgotten yeah, at this point. Course. 
I have I have two that I have to, I forgot to yeah. <laughs> I realized White Lotus and House of the Dragon oh, like yeah. uh, mm-hmm. that was that was our must must watch sit down those on are my watch. must not yeah. watch oh really oh. <laughs> listen the people who have been listening to this podcast know where I stand on dragons and shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no dragons no dragons no. you literally have that conversation with Ryan Condor where you're like look I'm not a dragon guy <laughs> <laughs> um, but for me for me but those was, those were like it was must watch it was, it yeah. was event television mm-hmm. yeah and like we all sat down on Sundays or whenever we could and like and like just we had to we had to watch it we yeah, had yeah. to you know keep up with that that was my great british bake-off mm. <laughs> i hate bake-offs <laughs> mm-hmm. this is this is why we will never watch tv together <laughs> uh gina what were your what were your hits this year yeah i think a lot of them have been mentioned i think jay's top three were also my sure. top three You're nerds of a feather yeah ex- exactly exactly uh i'll, I'll shout out a, a a the one network show since i feel like we're all mentioning streaming and but i love abbott elementary oh, yeah. Yeah. uh but both my parents are public school teachers retired mm. public school teachers my dad at a very underfunded inner city school in new jersey so i used to hear a lot of these yeah. stories at around the dinner table and i just love it it's just such like a feel-good show and also sort of gives me hope for network tv again mm-hmm. as someone whose last like three seasons of tv were on two different network <laughs> shows i hope it's still alive <laughs> um but yeah i've been trying to get better about watching stuff that's in the zeitgeist so uh, you know because i i come to shows about five years too late usually so yeah severance uh succession white lotus mm-hmm. hbo is killing it uh and i also loved you know ms marvel she hulk wednesday mm-hmm. yeah. sort of female-led comic-y uh, stuff that's my jam and I, I say it on every time I'm a guest on this podcast but I'm in a perpetual rewatch of Batman the Animated Series at all times oh, <laughs> so good nice. sure. so good um, I want to mention a few that just were not mentioned and I, I had um, said previously one of my favorite shows of the year was on Freebie uh, and that is High School which uh, is based on the Tegan and Sarah memoir it takes place in the 90s in Canada in these two twins in high school forming a band. And it is great. It will give Ooh. you its big my so-called life uh, mm. vibes. Oh, cool. um, that one, uh, Reservation Dogs, the second season yeah, came out sure. this year, which is yeah, phenomenal. Um, and don't sleep on the last season of Atlanta. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. great. Uh, like those guys were consistent for four seasons mm-hmm. every single episode. Uh, it's kind of an amazing feat. Um those are my recommendations. Can I jump in one more? I'll allow it. Uh, Star Jumpers on Wiffle. No one mm. knows what that is. I'm just made that up. Sorry. For a moment, I did. What was that second one? I did. All of that was fake. Wiffle. For a moment, I had you. Is it? It's what is, W-I-F-L. W-I-F-L. What yeah, the fuck yeah, is yeah. Wiffle? <laughs> oh, you can download it. Yeah, it's on your. It's, it's a app. free download, yeah. but you have to subscribe. But it's a bi-monthly subscription. Wiffle. Wiffle ball. You know, have you heard about like the Christian one that's like it's they have the long like the the whole story of Jesus they got like five seasons now and it's an independent app you just do the same thing with wait what? I saw an ad for that oh yeah it's last huge. night is this real this is real I really I'm with y'all I'm like I don't no like the Jesus one is for real the Jesus one is I saw for an real. ad for I put on a movie yeah. last it's called night called the Chosen is that what it's called There's yes a streaming app and I was like this looks like a Mr Show sketch like what is this. Look, I don't but deny that this serious. show exists. I just deny that it's the savior of TV. Uh, <laughs> Wiffle? Get Wiffle. <laughs> I heard Wiffle was bought by Scooby. <laughs> Wiffle? Is it like 
Uh, Wiffle has, yeah, their mandate is very clear. It's like, it's the one place. And I'm sorry, what was was the show again? Uh, Star Jumpers. Don't miss Star Jumpers. It's a massive sci-fi It's based on the Korean series. It's based on the Korean series. Yeah, it's a format. Google is going to be so confused after this drop. I don't know what's happening. It's going to be like that fake Martin Scorsese movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Get it trending. Get it trending. Listen, Twitter... Uh, you'll be around for one more week. Uh, <laughs> hashtag Star Jumpers. Six seasons in a movie. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for being here. Please come back next year and tell me how you are doing. Let's not speak until then. <laughs> Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.